0: This podcast contains sensitive topics and explicit language that may not be suitable for
1: all listeners. Previously on The Shot.
2: And it turned out that Decker was not altogether faithful to his wife, and that was blatantly obvious in the text messages. And while even
3: though these young men, none of us believed, committed the crime, it became somewhat of a badge of honor to even be charged with such a crime.
4: I've been told I should be, I should accept that, that at least they're behind bars. That's not an acceptable answer to me.
0: What made you decide to request the autopsy report?
4: Because I wanted to find out what happened. Nobody could tell me. I'd heard so many conflicting stories. I'd heard, you know, they'd... He was shot in the front of the head. I heard that he was shot in the back of the head. I heard that he was found in his truck. I heard he was found on the ground. I heard he was found on the street. So many different things.
0: What did it feel like to read the autopsy?
4: That was painful. And I'm the type of person that I don't care what the information is, good, bad, or otherwise. I have to know it all because my imagination is 10 times worse than reality. So to, you know, to read that and you know, have that report of, you know, his liver count and all of that. It was excruciatingly horrifying to read, you know, that that was it. Um, But in a sense, there was a sense of acceptance, I guess is the best way to put it, because I finally had something, some true information. So I had some idea of kind of what had happened to him at that point, but no actual understanding of why.
1: I'm Gary Harkeye. I'm Joanne Kimberlin. We're reporters at the Virginian Pilot in Norfolk, Virginia. And this is the sixth episode of The Shot. Since 2014, when the Victor Decker case collapsed in court, there's been no new information. Virginia Beach prosecutors and police declined to speak with us for this podcast. The only thing they've said publicly was said long ago. They believed Kareem Turner and Raymond Perry had indeed killed Decker. They just couldn't prove it. But defense lawyers say the real killer has gotten away with it. We spent months digging into this case, pouring over suspects, theories, and scenarios. It's time to take you through them. The cop's theory, which we've mentioned
0: before, is that Decker was a random robbery victim, waylaid when he was off duty, heading to his pickup after a night of partying at the Atlantis Gentlemen's Club. His wallet and handgun
1: had been taken, and the club did attract an outlaw element. Five months after Decker's murder, the city's SWAT team descended on Atlantis with search warrants that were connected to suspected drug distribution inside the club. Afterward, the military declared the place off-limits to all personnel. But the random robbery theory has some problems, including this one.
5: I always found it strange that he was driving his old, beat-up Ford, and there were a lot of very nice cars there. And I I just always thought it strange that you would lie in wait to rob the person driving the old Ford F-150 and not, you know, the Bentley that Davenport claims was there or any of the, you know, other vehicles. That that was sort of a detail that never really made sense. That was Tom Shepard, one of Turner's
0: attorneys. And just a reminder, Davenport, the guy Shepard just mentioned, was the cop's number one snitch. Here's Mike Mather, the former TV reporter who covered the case.
6: I don't believe at all that either Kareem Turner or Raymond Lewis Perry had anything to do with this case. I could not even uncover any documents any social media postings, any relatives, families, friends, or anybody who would even say those guys really knew each other or hung out together. You know, it, it was just two independent people that were swept up in this.
1: Two people who never turned on each other, no matter how hard the police tried to get them to. And the consequences were as serious as it gets. Turner was facing life in prison. Perry could have been executed.
6: Whoever killed Victor Decker is still out there. And I hope... I hope that both the Virginia Beach Police Department and the Norfolk Police Department are still working on this case. It would be unfortunate. It would be sad. It would not be to the ends of justice if they have told Don Decker that these are the two guys, can't prove it, but we know it. That's not justice. That's not resolution. That is not solving this case. I never saw any evidence presented at all except for the snitch testimony, snitch testimony that has been proven to be a lie from everyone involved. They don't have any evidence, and if they're sitting on some evidence somewhere, um, they've never brought it forward, and I don't know what, what they get out of that either. Somebody got away with murder.
1: Gabby White, who knew Decker from the club scene, doesn't buy the cops' theory either.
4: So how this happened, how this person was able to to do this, how they were even able to get that close to him, like, that wasn't a crime of opportunity. You know, at least that's, that's my belief, it wasn't a crime of opportunity. Um, not random. Not a random act of violence at all. And so it scared us, you know, because, you know, we're walking to our cars And it's no longer, you know, the police officer can keep me safe, you know, because one of our local officers is just murdered. Like, we just didn't feel safe anymore.
0: The way Decker was shot haunted everyone. Facing his killer, probably on his knees, gun barrel right up against his head.
1: The way he died was, was really like an assassination.
4: Yeah, so. that's, that's exactly how we all see it.
1: Michael Muhammad, the community activist, says no way was at the work of Turner and Perry. We're talking about two young men from impoverished circumstances. We're talking
3: about two young men from the hood. The most access that they've likely had to gun training is via television or video game. That's an execution. They even make mockery of the way young black men who have no training shoot cop to the side and it's an execution because people mimic what they see In absent training, they're going to do what they see on TV. And if you shoot like you shoot on TV, you're never going to hit anybody but an innocent person standing to the side. So the lack of training would say, no, nah, that ain't no little black boy from the hood. If them young black boys had to kill that police officer, they would not have left his badge. No matter why, wh- wh- why that would be because that would be a badge of honor in the world that they live. Not that I would abdicate uh, the killing of a police officer. In fact, the opposite. But However, in that world, in that's that, a ba- world that, would be... that would have been a badge of honor. It would have been something. And in and, and psychology, they would have taken it. Psycho- psychological profiles say they would have taken it.
1: That's just what people do. Another theory, jealousy. This is a clip from WTKR when Mather covered one of the preliminary hearings.
7: Lawyers in a Virginia Beach court today said a murdered Norfolk cop had a darker side. Those defense attorneys said that it is possible that Victor Decker's off-duty life played a part in his murder almost three years ago. Investigator Mike Mather was in court today for those explosive statements and joins us now with more. And Mike, there were some bombshells today. Yeah, in open court, her lawyers defending a man accused of killing a police officer said the officer was not faithful to his wife on many occasions. In fact, according to the attorney, the officer was unfaithful the night he was murdered outside a Beach
0: Strip Club. We told you about that in episode five. Decker's widow, Dawn, says prosecutors and police brushed it off to her back then.
4: I mean, Detective Allen always seemed to shoot very straight with me. and But I have to kind of question, you know, is it more out of respect for me to not tell me certain things or or what? I don't really know.
0: They sure didn't talk about it publicly. But the truth was, while Dawn was out of town that weekend, her husband sent texts to a dozen women looking for sex, and he was successful with at least one on the day he was killed. It wasn't hard for beach cops to track that woman down. She was a Norfolk police dispatcher.
1: When questioned, she admitted she'd been with Decker at his house that day. She cried, saying she was worried about losing her job. Also, she was separated from her husband, but wasn't divorced yet. We can assume Beach Police checked out that husband, but it's unclear what other text trails they did or didn't follow. That's always bothered the defense lawyers.
0: What are your thoughts on the idea that this may have been revenge for him sleeping with somebody's wife or something to that effect?
2: Clearly, that would give potentially someone, a boyfriend, a husband, you know, something like that, motive to want him dead. But whether that was ever actually looked into by the police, I don't know. We never had to get that far ourselves because we already knew our client wasn't guilty. And we were able to show, certainly to our satisfaction, um, that there was no way he was there and didn't commit the crime. So that was one of those avenues that just sort of ended up not being pursued by us much further because they had to drop the case against our client.
1: Other people, including Norfolk cops who worked with Decker, wondered if the murder could be related to his previous police work. Two people at Atlanta said they witnessed a brief confrontation between Decker and a small group of other customers. They'd heard it had something to do with an arrest he'd made in Norfolk. No one knew if the argument had any connection to Decker's shootout the year before. He'd killed one criminal, the other was heading to trial the month after Decker was murdered. That's one theory that Don, at least in the early days, spent a lot of time thinking about.
0: So the idea that, like, like one of the things Don's brought up is that this may have been, you know, revenge for his previous shooting um, and that some of those guys, even Turner and Perry, may have, like, known some of the people that were around him then.
2: There's virtually no evidence that I am aware of to show that Turner or Perry knew either of the guys who were involved in Decker's prior shooting uh, because I'm sure that was looked into but there there is no evidence that they knew anybody you know or that they were involved in any group or gang or anything that would want to take revenge because you know some member of their group had gotten killed by Decker. there was virtually no evidence of that at all
0: and no no evidence to your knowledge that there would have been anybody else who would have wanted to kill him for revenge of, of that previous shooting
2: not for revenge of that previous shooting that I'm aware of
1: Dawn does say her husband got cocky after that shootout. Hero cop, it got to him. That idea that he changed after the shooting has been linked to something more than just cheating on his wife. Another theory was hinted at during a different preliminary hearing
7: he was targeted possibly for being involved in illegal activity those are the words from defense lawyers about the murder of off-duty Norfolk officer Victor Decker today was the first time a claim like this has been made in court investigator Mike Mather has covered this case for more than three years and he joins us now with more Mike Patrick they've already said the married officer was having affairs and he was with another woman the night he was murdered but today the lawyers asked the judge to give them access to Victor Decker's internal affairs files because they believe the The files will support their claim that the killing was not random. Today, in a lively court exchange that went something like this, defense attorney Jennifer Stanton said Decker was involved in some illegal activity. Prosecutor Sarah Chandler bristled. Those are unfounded allegations, she said. There is no evidence to support that.
0: We've heard a lot of rumors about both. Victor Decker being involved in both drugs or guns or both, selling them. Can either of you say anything about anything you found in your investigations in regards to that? Be careful.
2: I can tell you that our investigation did come up with witnesses who part of what brought this up as a potential train of investigation or trail of investigation for us was the fact that the police had interviewed everybody at the club somebody in one of those interviews had claimed that a black gentleman had come up to Decker at the club and asked to buy some blow i.e. cocaine and was sort of waved
1: off, if you will. Stan is talking about Matt Waters, the bouncer you heard from in earlier episodes.
2: So that sort of raised a red flag for us. Why would you walk up to some guy in a club and ask him if he's got any cocaine unless you had some reason to believe he might have some cocaine? So we, we did pursue that as a, a trail of potential other suspect evidence and did learn that... That was a very real possibility. I can't really go into too much more detail on that.
0: So. I'll ask it this way, and if you just can't comment, that's mm-hmm. fine. Did you have witnesses who, who said they saw Victor Decker dealing in drugs or guns? Yes. Mather says he was surprised by what was unfolding the idea that a straight-laced officer started doing some shady things that might have gotten him killed.
1: You remember a lot about this case. This one really stood out. It sounds like it still stands out for you.
6: I mean, it stood out for so many different reasons. I mean, it was, had his face, awful. I mean, here's a police officer who, um, by all early accounts you know, was a solid fixture downtown who had survived uh, an ambush-type shooting and um, really uh, made a heroic arrest right in downtown under gunfire and had been uh, applauded for that. He was married and uh, was a new father. So I don't know how you can not be moved by a life like that lost. And then here comes this prosecution, this inexplicable prosecution of people who just don't seem to have anything to do with this case. And that, just uh, defense attorneys, basically crying foul, you start to see that there's this really intriguing undercurrent to this case. And a realization that this police officer whom people have held up as a hero and as a, um, you know, fallen officer, a fallen hero, um, actually had a very dark side to him that was only known to a few people.
0: Don has a hard time believing her husband was involved in anything illegal, like selling drugs or guns he took off the street. Chris Amos, the former PIO for Norfolk Police, doesn't believe it either.
8: Maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago, uh, an officer could actually moonlight as a really crooked dude involved with some really bad, bad stuff. But in this day and age, it would be next to impossible. I mean, those officers would be identified. They would be weeded out. We've got, unfortunately, uh, one or two or five who've been arrested because they, you know, were taking drugs off of drug dealers, or money from drug dealers. The thought that that he was involved in something like that, that would rise to this level, and and no one would know about it. Especially working downtown, where once you put alcohol in somebody, everybody talks. To paint Victor as caught up in something like that in 2008, 2009, 2010, I just can't see it
0: happening. Criminologist Dennis Stevens says Decker was too young for all that.
1: You were talking about his age, too, being only 25. So if you're a young officer, then basically you were saying, he, when I mentioned that there was some some rumor, a witness who says gun he was involved in selling guns and drugs. Yeah. My experience, um,
9: and I have a lot of it with, students who are in my classes and then they go out and become law enforcement officers Um, you know when they're 25, 28, maybe (laughs) as they approach 30, 32 after 10, 12 years you know at work where they actually know who to unload drunk uh, drugs and guns to you just don't know the general public thinks the cops know everything and they they don't. They're young people trying to make their way. And uh, an officer, he was just married, what, a year at that time? Yeah. Um, uh, 25 years of age. My, my God, the guy was riding a bicycle on duty. I mean, that was his job. That's how people knew him on the yeah. street. He was, he rode a bike. Now, how is this guy going to know who the heck to sell drugs to?
1: Steven says your average bad guy probably couldn't do what was done to Decker. Well, and to do the kind of killing that this was, this takes balls, right? You, you're looking the person well, in it, the it face that you're than, going to shoot. It takes shoot. more than,
9: than balls. It takes experience. So, I mean, just because you have brass balls, you're not going to walk up to somebody that you know, or you think is going to fight back, particularly two o'clock in the morning. Does the dude, you know, is he carrying a weapon? I'd wait till he gets in his truck, starts his car, and then I'd grab him then, so that I get the truck. But uh, that wasn't even done.
10: Mm-mm.
9: Nothing points to the direction of a robbery. This was. This was. I'm going to use the word an assassin.
0: We sent Stevens a copy of Decker's autopsy, the close contact wound, the downward trajectory, the absence of any signs of struggle.
1: What does that tell you about the person who killed him? We can
9: make some assumptions. And the first major assumption that I could make is that that person knew Decker. I mean, there was it, this wasn't a random situation. It wasn't a robber. It, it wasn't some fly-by-night situation. This was somebody that knew him, who was able to put him on his knees. All indications of Decker as he would have fought like hell. He wouldn't have gone on his knees because he knows what that means. So, therefore, uh, this person had to be in authority. I'm going, to, I'm going to think in terms of a police officer. I'm going to think in terms of, well, maybe this is just a big old joke. Maybe. But whoever it was, uh, was definitely his senior.
1: And so I'm going to say it was a cop. So if it is another officer. Um, or a military person. And we're in an area where there's a lot of that. It couldn't just be a typical
9: military person. It has to be somebody that, uh, you know, was trained to deal with one-on-one situations.
1: Yeah, well, with personal combat, more like a, a you know, we have a lot of Navy SEALs. We military have a lot of special police. ops. M-C. Military police, yeah,
9: yeah. Yeah, special ops people wouldn't, they wouldn't leave. It's kind of a messy scene. They would never leave that.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so very professional, someone with training, uh, maybe someone who was an authority figure, um, maybe very... To Decker. Right, to Decker. Mm -hmm. um, Personal, someone who knew him, someone he knew. Yes. The idea that the murderer was a police officer has come up again and again.
0: Have you heard that anything about Maybe the killer being another
3: police officer i have absolutely i've heard several police officers say it what have they said i've heard several police officers say that another police officer killed him absolutely did they give you any reason as to why several reasons but and they went into it but i'm you know the reality is that the man is dead well help us out man we're trying to solve this thing yeah well (laughs) you know that's not my job my job is this my job is to give voice to the voiceless. Kareem Turner doesn't have a voice. And even though he can speak, he doesn't have a voice because he's been stripped of credibility. And my voice for Kareem Turner, though he is convicted of murder, he ain't convicted of this murder. And had he been handled properly when this murder take took place, it may have prevented another situation from happening.
1: What do the defense attorneys think about the theory that a cop did it?
2: I can tell you that we, in in all these major murder cases, especially when you know your guy didn't do it, and it certainly is not our job to prove who did, but we also had to face the reality that we may end up having to go to trial, and if there's any other suspect evidence, we want to know what that is because anything you can put in front of the jury to give them doubt, you want to make sure that you do. And in that vein, and during our investigation, we did come to the conclusion that not only could it have been you know, a boyfriend, a husband, a father, whatever, who was just pissed off, uh, it might have in fact been law enforcement related But again, we ended up never having to pursue that much further because they had to drop the case against our client.
0: Did you have any evidence that would have pointed it to a police officer?
2: Not to a police officer, no.
0: Someone related to law enforcement?
2: I can't really comment any further.
1: We ran some of the theories by Harvey Bryant, the retired prosecutor.
0: Can you talk at all about, like, were, were other avenues were, or looked at in terms of who might have been the killer? In ter- Like, for instance, we've had a number of theories posed to us about who this may have been. We know, we know about, you know, um, Victor Decker's text messages and the, the women that he had been involved with and had texted that day. And I'm just kind of curious if you can say anything about, about whether or not those avenues were sort of investigated out or anything like that.
10: My answer is I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to or, or talk about um, any any of the other things that you just mentioned in terms of checking out texts or, or anything else. But yes, every lead was followed up. If someone suggested that there was a Martian uh, who'd come down and done this, we did everything we could. You know, and I'm I'm being facetious now, but. It, we would have contacted NASA and said, "Can you help us with this?" Uh, did, and it, was there any Martian landings uh, that night in Virginia Beach? So yes, if 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 there were a rumor, an innuendo, they were followed up on.
0: Yeah, because yep. another theory, and again, you probably don't want to talk about this, or can't say anything about to this, but you know, there were there have been theories that have been posed to us that he was involved in either dealing drugs or. Guns, or something to that effect, or that a police officer was involved in his murder—it's all been out there. You know, it's seven years later.
10: <laughs> well, again, anything that came up or was suggested was, I, literally came up or was suggested was followed up on.
1: Remember Larry Smith, the former FBI man who worked as an investigator for the defense. What did he make of the way Decker was killed?
11: I I will say this, a lot of people have said, and I've heard this said back in those days, that uh, maybe he knew the person to allow them to get that close, particularly if he was armed. Or, but that's speculation. You see, until you know more about actually who committed the crime, it's almost impossible to do anything but just speculate. And I'd hate to commit. I would not commit myself to, 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 I wouldn't ascribe a motive to it yet or a familiarity angle. I wouldn't, there's no way I could say that. And, and right this minute, knowing what we know, I don't know who could say that. He did, the person did get close. Now, maybe that's because they had the drop on him. Maybe that's because he knew them. But you see, all that is speculation, and it it doesn't really help the cause. It doesn't move the ball forward to just make wild speculations.
0: Mather is no crime expert, but he has covered a lot of murders.
11: I have no evidence to back this up.
6: but I have covered probably a half dozen bona fide hits in my career, both at the pilot and at Channel 3. Legitimate hits, and I think this was one of them. I believe the person who killed him knew who he was and had a had a reason for killing him that night. I, I don't believe this was a random crime. I've never believed this was a random robbery. I don't believe any of those things. I, I believe this was a hit.
0: There's some evidence in that direction, or maybe we should say a lack of evidence. Sometimes that's more telling the trademark of a professional. First, no one heard the gunshot.
1: Okay, so tell me what you're going to do here now. You've taken the projectile, huh? You are so, stuck with the primer.
5: Taking a projectile out, and we're just firing a primer. The first primer we're going to shoot is with the muzzle approximately two feet away from the wall, and, just, and the microphone's maybe a foot and a half from it. We're in the back room of a gun shop.
0: The gunsmith is Kurt DeWert. He has 22 years of military and armor experience, and he shot for the Navy rifle and pistol team. He's showing us how quiet a close contact shot can be and why it's so lethal. Since there's no gun range at hand, he's disassembled a nine mm cartridge, the same caliber used to kill Decker, and removed the slug and gunpowder, then loaded it into a pistol.
5: So I'm gonna fire the first one right now, and it's just an empty primer, or an empty case with a primer in it. Here we go.
1: So if, the project- if it was a complete bullet, would it
2: be even louder It, than it would be
5: much louder than that. Okay. But to give you a, an example, now I'm going to fire the same distance from the microphone and I'm going to make it a contact shot. So I've got the pistol pressed against a rag. A pistol pressed against a rag in my hand just to contain the, the muzzle blast. Big difference. Big difference. And it's the same with the gunshot. You know, if you've got room for the explosive gases to get out and go, it makes a lot more noise. It's essentially the way a suppressor works. That's why contact wound is so deadly, because you have not just the projectile and the hydrostatic force of the projectile going through the body, but you have the explosive gases on the inside as well.
0: The night Decker died, rain and lightning helped muffle the shot. But even without that, a single shot from a 9mm can easily go unnoticed. The nightclub Decker had just left was about a football field away from where he was killed.
5: You know, at 100 yards, a firecracker in your parking lot would be three times as loud as that gunshot. It would have sounded like somebody hitting a piece of plywood with a hammer at a distance.
0: The only piece of real evidence police found, at least the only one we know about, was an empty cartridge case. They think it came from the murder weapon, ejected from the side of a semi-automatic nine millimeter. For those of you who don't know much about guns, a semi-automatic takes bullets from a clip. Clips are loaded by hand, one bullet at a time.
5: When you load a cartridge and you push with your thumb down like this, yeah. you're gonna leave a partial yeah. thumbprint across the front. On
1: every one of
5: them. On every one of them. And
0: if Unless you're...
1: you take pains not to.
5: Exactly. What
0: about the fact that Decker was facing his killer?
5: That tells me that he knew the guy because he wanted him to see him before he shot him. That
2: seems really personal,
5: doesn't it? Kind of, doesn't it?
0: You know, there's so many, uh, so, many, so many people involved in this whole situation. because you, you know, you've got, you got the prosecutors, defense attorneys, the Turner and Perry families, Mrs. Decker, his wife. Um, It would be easy to kind of line people up on one side versus another if you really wanted to do that. But what I found in this whole thing is that there's not really, there's like 12 sides, there's not two sides. Because you've got people, you know, you've
3: got his wife, who I think... Who's a double victim, multiple... She's a victim multiple times over. She lost her husband and companion, and then the city that he worked for that while she believed her husband died in uh, the line of duty, literally fought her, further victimizing her, and now her children, and so she's a victim. She's a victim on all sides. There's nothing to be said about Mrs. Decker except condolences.
0: Yeah, there's, and, and that's the thing, is that she she could have, you know, she could have looked at, at us trying to do a story on this and basically been like, you know, I don't, I don't want any part of that for whatever reason, because of whatever might come out, you know, about her husband or just whatever's going on. But, you know, it seems to her like the biggest, the most important thing in all of this is that somebody figure out who the heck did it, who, who killed her husband.
3: And, you know, wouldn't it be a stunning revelation to find out that the very ones looking for her husband's killer could possibly be her husband's killer. Meaning, it may have not have been a black on blue crime. It may have been a blue
1: on blue crime. Another theory, one that Dawn has been clinging to, what if Decker stumbled on a crime in progress and he tried to stop it, you know, like a hero cop would do? If that were the case, if his death had anything to do with him being a police officer, Dawn and her daughter would be eligible for line of duty benefits, survivor's benefits worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Decker was wearing his police badge that night on a lanyard around his neck.
4: It's not a question of where Victor was. I mean, technically he was off duty, but the question is, did he activate himself in a way that would have made him a police officer? Did he pull out his badge? Did he say, you know, for whatever reason, you don't want to do this, I'm a Norfolk police officer, you need to walk away, or did he see something? And, or whatever. So, you know, I've heard the badge was out, I've heard the badge was in his shirt, I've heard the chain to the badge was broken. I mean, a multitude of different information. In the beginning, up until I applied for the line of duty benefits, 100% the badge was out of his shirt. As soon as I applied for the line of duty benefits, no, the badge was in a shirt. So it's always kind of been a question of, why does evidence kind of change? Why, do, why does information that's told to me repeatedly the same information, all of the sudden change?
1: Dawn hasn't seen the crime scene photos. Thank God, they're awful. They gave us nightmares, but they do answer her question. We've seen photos of the gloved hand of an investigator lifting Decker's black t-shirt. His bloody badge is inside. Like so many things about this case, you can read what you want into that. Maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't. Here's another one. On the sole of one of Decker's shoes, an offensive phrase was written in green ink, F Was it put there by the killer? That doesn't make any sense. Who would take the time to write something like that on a rainy night when you're trying to get away? We haven't talked to anyone who can figure that one out. Oh yeah, and here's another thing to think about. It's a
11: rhetorical question. You can ponder that, but if you're not involved in a crime and you're just trying to provide information, why would you inject yourself into a crime scene? Making yourself a witness, making yourself with a story to tell. Coming up on the shot.
2: We came up with various scenarios that seemed to point to a particular suspect and we can't go into anybody's. not.
11: I'm about. not going any further than that. I have my own opinion. And I'd be glad to share it with the right people.
10: Nobody's ever said Turner and Perry are, are nice guys uh, or nonviolent guys. You know, um, to them, no lives matter.
3: That's a further extension of the level of arrogance of people who will not say, I made a mistake. It's sad.
1: Thanks for listening. And if you like this podcast, do us a favor and go on iTunes and give us a good review. Five-star reviews will help more listeners find us. The Shot was produced by Randy Greenwell and edited by Bill Henry with special help from Josh Davisberg. Music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. WTKR contributed TV news clips. Will Halp is our digital graphics editor. For graphics, photos, and more, go to pilotonline.com the shot Sources for this podcast include documents and other materials found in court records
0: or obtained by the pilot from credible sources who wish to remain anonymous.